Team, welcome back to the Property Pod. Boy, she's been a chilly old morning here in Hobart. 100%. 100%. She's, uh, yeah, first day of the frost here, so it's kind of, uh, I thought things would be a bit icy in the studio, but yeah, we're rolling hot in here today. Right, for, for, for a throwback for anyone that remembers the uh, uh, speech I did at Guildford, I'm back wearing the man scarf, because it's just it's where it's ready for that, so I was that actually, kind of weather. As you walked in with that scarf on, I was like, that looks like some high quality material. Merino wool. It was, unfortunately, it was one of those moments where you fall in love with it, and then you look at the price tag later, and you're too proud to put it back down. Oh, uh, I'm always proud enough to put it back yeah. down. Yeah. When you came in with it, I thought it was you must have been your clan colours or something. I know you've got your. Yeah, um, I do have one with the McGregor scarf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you've already got a, a scarf that looks with, very similar to that with our clan colours. Yeah. yeah. It's like because it's got big brighter reds, but it's a big, you know, super thick wool one. I don't know. I just that's probably got more it. sentimental meaning than the than extra the, uh, exorbitantly priced one that you've got <sighs> sitting on the table. Yeah, but geez, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good motivator to make sales. <laughs> Actually, there was this guy many years ago that dad, there was a trainer. He said, if you really want to motivate your staff, he'd encourage them to go out and like get the, buy an expensive car, get a heap of stuff on high purchase and make, make themselves look flashy so that when they get into the office next day, the salespeople will be super motivated to make money. Otherwise, they're going to go bankrupt. And this, there was a trainer who used to encourage that. And I was like, that's shocking. That's but, some real bad but advice. But if, you know, if you're going to motivate it, get motivated to make sales, get in debt, that'll soon get you out the door. You'll, that'll soon get you over your phone call reluctance if you don't call you don't eat that night <laughs> so yeah so basically what you're saying there is like put yourself in heaps and heaps of debt yeah to try and earn back that money and then hopefully a little bit more i <laughs> know oh, it's ridiculous isn't it <laughs> that, but that was the guys that was the guy's idea that's but what you get to drive a really nice car while you do it yeah, yeah and yeah. wear a really yeah, expensive nice scarf and where it looks like you got everything under control but it's just like that duck on the water scenario smooth sailing on top and then underneath the legs are going crazy well i reckon that scarf looks good around your neck in the tucson thanks mate i appreciate it yeah <laughs> I have to – don't worry about spending the big bucks on the car, but spend the big bucks on the scarf. <laughs> that'll fly. Yeah, so that'll work. Just as a point of curiosity, as someone who is in sales and knows the techniques to um, try and make a sale, you don't have like a counter – option to just be like put the kibosh on just be like mate i know exactly what you're doing stop shaming me into buying this car so that again like he's basically saying because you do sales how did he trick you into buying this scarf oh no, he, well, that, like, that's, no that's, hang on you're using the same things i do no yeah. see that's the problem it's just that's just me and my own um it's just it's all on me at this point you know my own insecurities i guess it's got nothing to do with the salesperson at that it's point. like when i sell stuff on facebook marketplace or gumtree and they mm. try to lowball me i'm like you're playing with the wrong person yeah <laughs> you get you get amazing product you They'll come in and they'll be like, yeah, they wanted this price and I just said, no way. And then they always still buy it. <laughs> well, see, it's an uh, irony for me. Is, I mean, it, maybe it's that little bit of ego, I suppose, but I, I, I do much better negotiating on other people's behalf than I do on my own. So, like, that's it's always actually better for me to get someone else to negotiate for me. I think we've I'm, had this discussion yeah. before where I will happily pay something for somebody else and, like, give them the money. But if it's my own money and I'm kind of thinking about it, but, oh, no, I don't no, need can't that do it. thing. Well, when yeah. you're ready to get the matching socks, John, I'll um, help you, you out. You're, I'll you're, yeah, you're, you're going to help me out. You. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to come back to mine with me and just, like, shame that dude and yeah. give me a discount. Yeah. <laughs> you made him pay how much for that scarf? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, with, I sort of justify some larger purchases now. Look, that's going to last me, like, 20, 30 years. Who knows? Um, Not with you, John. You lose stuff all the time. Come on. This, this suit, I've had, you know, I've had this for um, since my mate's wedding. This, this is working. So my jackets, they, they, my clothes last a while. My, my <laughs> All right, if we get time. to episode 300 yeah. and we're still doing this thing and we're still playing, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to put a reminder in my phone to say, ask have, John have, about have, his have, merino uh, scarf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he's like, down. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, exactly. We lost it a week, well, week after. 
we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we better talk some real estate. That's true. Yeah. So I actually had a segue that we were going to jump from you buying something in the marketplace of Maya into buying something off the marketplace online or off market. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So I was yep. going to try and jump us from here to there. So, well, because we're talking, we had a couple of stories. I mean, there was some interesting things that are happening right now, post the, the virus in the few few months. Obviously, Hobart's had, what, nearly 50, 60 days virus-free. Yep. Um, so it seems that a lot of people now just want to get on with their lives. And didn't you say one of the, um, our agents in the area had a really successful home just in Glenorchy or something? It was like, And then they dobbed her in? Oh, well, it wasn't from our agency, but there was yeah, another yeah. agency... Um, they had a property here in Glenorchy, and I think she had like 55 people through the open home on Saturday. Yeah, um, see, that's – I mean, we haven't seen those numbers since, um, you know, last year. My wife, Abby, drove past the open home at the time, and the cars were up and down the street. She was just trying to get through to go to where she was going, and she said it was just bedlam up there. Yeah, right. everywhere. Well, that's um, – because wasn't apparently someone dobbed her in as well for – even though technically we're, you can have, we can have 80 people now, but it's still relevant to only a few people per square metre in the room or something? Yeah, apparently, and I believe that this lady was doing everything right. It was just a, a sour great person out there that decided – it, they want it to. There's always a keyboard warrior out there that yeah. really, really wants to fight. It's yeah. pretty amazing, though, to think that um, open homes have only kind of reopened back up, and it's mm. kind of one of those things. Will it, will it survive the the new world order? Will it be something that is happening, or will it kind of change the landscape? But 50 people to an open home, like it must be priced right in the pocket. It must be a well present. I, I, I saw a few photos of all the people lined up on the stairs, kind of like the socially distanced between space and space and space. And so obviously, it, it yeah it changes the game of you know you have a. 15 minute window let's all rush in and have like you know it could have taken a few hours to get that many people through absolutely even in that sense then with you know without talking uh, talking to the agent you could assume that either they tried to make sure they could cram as many people into a short period of time given the scope of um maybe inquiries and inspections had been requested or it just goes to show that you know um the public still has not their their opinions of open homes haven't changed one bit whatsoever still more than comfortable hosting it and it might also be to a demographic because i assume that sort of that mid four sort of range it's you know be younger generations and first home buyers as well or second plus buyers may not necessarily be your you know retiree sort of like it might be a generation element as well so different generations will have different comfort levels depending upon the means in which they purchase and view property yeah um but i mean for me just it really goes to show again like i said is it people just want to get on with it um and there's been a lot of people that you know have had a hard time there's been less stock on the market are just ready to keen right i've been waiting and been waiting and been waiting and now it's time to start just getting out there yeah well we're back to pre-covid sales so back to yep. our january february numbers which is great well, no, because the other thing too then is it's really great on the activity front um, and with any luck now, given that people have been delaying time to put, put their properties in the market, we know that after we were chatting before with the re- release in the or the relaxation in the emergency tenancy legislation, so you know normal vacancies can start to happen again, so we'll start to see some, potentially some more stock from investors. The other thing is that uh, the home builder thing is finally... Um, active, so that's I think it was the fourth or something. Applications could be made. To, I know we've spoken about it a few times, but yeah, yeah. the Morrison Home Builder Scheme is finally in action. It's kind of you can actually start making your applications put together. Uh, what we might do is put the article I read. Uh, the Mercury one, we'll pop it into the show notes. And if yeah. you want to jump in there, because we've tried to talk about this so many times and we just keep going around in circles. And we never get it right. Well, no, and we you, don't. if you look at all the criteria, there's a lot in there. Yeah. There's a lot in there. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's where then you, when people say, am I eligible? It's like, well, there's going to be a lot of big conversation around that. Yeah. I there was one thing I think you saw about natural person though. I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. I was just describing off mic before that as I went, read through it, um, obviously not reading grants and stuff and applications. I got to this section and it was like, are you eligible for it? And it said, applicants must be a natural person. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is it? Like, what makes you natural and not natural? And 
And then I, I kept deodorant. Yeah, well, I kept reading on. It said not a company or a trust, and I was like, oh yeah, the penny's dropped on that. I finally understand. You don't, like you don't have to be a nudist. Yeah, to, you <laughs> like, you walk into Parliament House yeah, in yeah, the yeah. garden. Uh, <laughs> I'd like, like to build. All, all applications come with a photo, and like, and just, and you don't have jobs. You're just nudist. <laughs> well, I remember before we, you, you mentioned that we were talking about, um, you know, if, if with the activity in the market starting to pick up again. Yep. Um, well, this would be interesting to see with all the applications. One of the um, side notes of that is, I suppose, where it did mention the you know pricing comes for people is there will be another element where as these buildings are approved, you know, some people might then look to sell their existing home as well, ready in time for those um, for the buildings to finish. And a good example of that, one of our, um, I was speaking about the challenge we we're having with a property in um, Sandy Bay last week. Oh yeah, do we have so, a good news story? Yeah, we do. So there's some, some certainly some progression. On that. So what we're doing, um, and this Vampire. this might be a fun one to be an ongoing one for us to review again next week. So we've got painters going in because yep. one of the challenges for that unit is because it was so small, people walking in, walking straight back out is a bit tight. I had a discussion with the owner and just said, look, one of the things we, we did because the tenant was still in there at the time was, um, you know, it looked uh, good with the furniture, but we, you know, that was right. And then all of a sudden the virus hit, so we couldn't even show it. Yep. Um, so when she's left, you've got all these little spots on the wall. So it's, it was tired. We tried to get away with not spending the money. So he understood. So, you know, we're doing what we needed, really needed to do to start with. Yep. But what happened with that then was um, we have had quite a few people um, obviously still look at the property and, you know, they are still looking for different options and it got us thinking about that idea, well, as the market starts to pick up again and you're trying to find ways of purchasing property without in excess competition, what do you do? So then that led to um, a young couple looking to buy their first uh, first home together. Um, that was going to be too small because if you've got one bedroom unit, having both of you in each other's grill all the time, they probably end up, you know. Yeah, there's no doghouse. Right? Yeah. No doghouse. I think you've missed out an opportunity there, John. You could have got a resale in six months' time. Well, that's true. I can't imagine that's going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> like he's right. You hey, such a small space. Hey, not going to end well. Well, why, why do people sell, sell property? Hey, that's not always a pretty story. That's for sure. <laughs> so with that, these these stories relate then. So um, my current owner, he's he's selling it in order to he's get he's getting a new house built in Canberra. Yep. Um, and of course, you know, when it comes to a build, you know, you do need stages of deposit for it to progress like 10%, 15. Um, is there about three or four, Pat, or is uh, it different? It depends how you finance it. Yeah. So, yeah, so depending on everyone's circumstances. Cool. So you might have a bit of cash for that first element and then yeah. extend it depending on your So start. it sounds like he's doing stage financing. So the first one would be once the foundations are done, the second yep. one's when it's at lock-up, the third is halfway through fit-out and then a final one. And then one final one. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Because I know he said, you know, part of it's subject to subject to the sale of this unit. Um, so then this – but this couple, of course, well, then they're still in the forefront of my mind and we end up just happen to have um, another property in Davie Street that's vacant. Um, the owners have just had a formal valuation, so I called them up and just said, hey, guys, um, would you – had you thought about moving it on? You know, and they, they said, well, because we'll, look, we won't have to go to market. We've just got, I've just been working with this couple. They need something a little bit bigger. Um, you know, they're, they're, they, they're looking to stay within the, uh, under the 400,000 because, you know, the sec, because we've still got that 50% stamp due to relief. The second they spend, you know, 400,000 in a cent, um, they immediately have to pay another, you know, if they get a 400 grand, their stamp due to, if they paid above that, it'd be fourteen grand. But to save it, that's seven. So I mean, it's a significant saving. Yeah, point. definitely. Um, and lo and behold, um, after having a discussion, you know, they said, "Well, we'll get back to you in a couple of days." And they said, "You know what? Let's do it." So they've, they've, as it turned out, their property that was their first little unit they ever bought when they were first as a couple, and it's going. And I thought, you know, we we we're considering if we did go to market, we bought one four twenty. But hearing their story, you know what? 
we thought let's give back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and wow. So they said let's do it, um, and then we've just we'll be signing up a contract today. Um, and when I got the the uh, offer um, from the couple, he he, he wasn't a hundred percent sure, and was, he said he, he said it was the lawyer in him. Is the offer was three hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents. Yeah, because uh, he was thinking, you know, he wasn't sure whether or not it's it had to be under four hundred or four hundred. And I called, you know, my broker, and just he said, no, no, it can be four hundred and below. But then I did say to him, look, if you want to do the offer at that number, I'd be more than happy to present that. And, you know, I'd make up the one cent to the owners myself because I think it'd be hilarious to see a transfer of $399,999.99. Anyway, so that's all come together really nicely. So, I mean, we've still got, you know, with the Sandy Bay one, obviously we, they couldn't find that. But the owners never really wanted to go to market with their property maybe for another 12 months. Yep. But because of their specific story, if it was in, if it was anywhere else, I reckon they, they probably would have wanted to make sure that, look, we won't sell it for four – we'd want to sell it for 420 but because of their situation, their story, um, they were happy to um, – to let it go for less. It's funny. There's like two things I can take out of that that would kind of take us in completely different directions. I'll try and tie it all together. But yeah. I guess one thing I've always wondered about is buying off market. Actually, I can do this. Yeah. So buying off market and the narrative that goes behind the sale sort of thing. So my place that I bought, Pat, I went in and took the photos uh, for one of your listings. You did, yep. I uh, yeah. went in and loved everything about it, kind of took the photos of the place. We're just looking around, just being like, oh, man, I'd love to take that wall out. And if I took that out, that would open up all this area. And then he charmed the owner and the owner's like, we can't sell it to anyone else. And then I was screwed. Yeah, <laughs> so so that's kind of yeah, where I was going with that yeah, was so, as, as, I'm, as I'm in the place and looking around it, I just kind of – we just got talking to the owners and, you know, they'd worked um, in – in rural, remote, um, outback Australia. And I said, oh, yeah, I've, I've done similar things. And we just kind of hit really it off. Clicked. It just was one of the things where we clicked. Yeah. And then after I left, I was like, oh, I am in the market. And I said to Pat, like, you know, what's the price on that? I'd really like to know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I said, just when you present the offer as well, just tell them it was me. Just make sure they know it who's was, buying it. Yeah. Who's buying it. And yeah. then the result was, oh, yeah, that. Um, photographer was such a lovely guy. We'd love for him to have our family home. That's great. Yeah. When we got into the home and had a full piece of handwritten information all about the house and kind of this is our like this is our centenary rose. This is all this stuff. So oh, wow. the na- the narrative of going in and kind of really similar to your story is like, oh, this, this is going to be their first time. We'd really love to like take that little bit of price off or like give it, make sure it help goes that out. way, help yeah. them out. Yep. That's one side of the coin. Mm. But then I I really didn't know if buying off the market was a regular thing or mm. Mm. if it wasn't a regular thing. So now it's kind of – now that you've mentioned that, it's got me my brain ticking on that side of the coin. How how regularly does it happen? Actually, before I answer that, have you ever had that experience in any other homes you've ever – um, taken photos of, like you've just all of a sudden really gone, really engaged with what you would do personally. There was one. There was one other home I went into, but I think it was because I was in that mindset of I'm finally at the position you've that I may be able to buy. Right, and right. so the brain ticked into. Yeah, this, this is a possibility. This is a possibility. Right? So okay. maybe actually really think about it rather than oh yeah, that'd be nice if that wall was gone or this or that. That makes sense. But, the funny bit was me and my partner had only had the conversation maybe three or four days prior that we were like, are we going to seriously start doing this? Oh, wow. All right, let's have a go. And then the next house I go into, I'm just like, oh. that's That's a crazy thing about um, a real estate and life in general. It's the same when you see a car that you really love and, you know, all of a sudden you start seeing it time and time again. And we've had, we'll have properties that. Or it, you click it, on something on Facebook and then it just keeps coming back time yeah, and time that's, again. That's, uh, that's, that's the, certainly the universe and not weird tech companies <laughs> engaging in that. But, but, with it, but even we've had properties that will, um, there'll be no interest whatsoever and then two months rides on 
and then all of a sudden three people all want it at the exact same time. You know, what happens with that? And uh, always it seems that it's when it's almost like a psychological shift in the owner ready to release that property for whatever purpose has changed. Yeah. You know, and it's just that the motivation shifts in the means that like now where it's ready to go, which means all of a sudden the people start to appear. It's so, it's so weird. Um, And I guess the same thing happens when you're buying too. It's like all of a sudden you shift from, you know, possibility thinking versus a dream thinking like once before, bam, that property rise, bam, that story rise with that specific owner who's had very specific experiences that you got to meet. Normally they're not there when you do the photo shoot. Everything started to align within three days of you going, let's do this, you know. It's the universe, baby. Well, and I guess like where um, you asked is off market, does it happen? Absolutely it does. Um, But it depends on, um, you know, there's different different agencies too. Like there's, I know there was a, a, a one training I did many, many, many moons ago where, you know, they don't do open homes, for example. They'll only take a few photos on the internet. Most of their ways in which the operators tried is trying to be driven by relationship selling. So it's not trying to do huge big marketing campaigns to attract 100 people. It's about trying to working with the networks you have and the people that you have and doing just a minimal amount of marketing to try and um, do, you know, get the get the property through. Um, and I know for us is it's a – and we were talking this morning before we started. Um, was it Martin from your office has just got what – yep. what's the story there with Kurt? Yeah, so Marty's got a new one that he's just put up in Claremont and he did get an offer on that before it went to market but yep. the owners and him both decided that they'd like to – to take it to market for a week or two just to see what interests there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this place. And now at the time I couldn't understand why. It had a really strong offer. It was really well positioned with its conditions. But mm. um, now I've seen the photos that Aaron's taken and I can probably see why he wanted to, to try it's, it. It's, it's worth trying it out. Yeah, we've come it this just far. It has one of those really good street appeal looks yeah. to it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess it's the thing too is that what's what's right harm with waiting four days? You know, and I guess to that first the first challenge i suppose that first purchase looks sorry guys we've got to put you on ice for the minute but you know we never intended to sell this quickly anyway can we at least wait four days and then we'll get back to you and if anything changes so can you guys talk to the pros and cons of selling off market like obviously i feel like i got a good deal with my place these people that you spoke of before probably sound like they've got a good deal so is it um more advantageous for the buyer to get something off market or could you be paying way over the price perhaps if could you could just be throwing out a number and just being like, yeah, I'll give you that. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we didn't expect that. Boom, we'll take it. I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword on that regard. Like there are pros and cons for both the buyer and the vendor. Yep. And it comes down to the individual person. So for some vendors not having to worry about that whole stress and that whole aspect of it and yep. like if it's within the, you know, 5% of where we think it is on market and they're – they just can walk away and it's done. Yep. Then sure. They why not? It. Yeah. Why not? Let's yep. just mm. jump on this and move on and go reinvest that money into another project. Or it can come down to as well what they're trying to do with that money. Maybe they've got a house that they're trying to secure that's subject to the sale of this one. So rather than miss out on their dream home over, you know, losing ten or fifteen thousand dollars, yep. yep. it's not worth it to them. They're like, no, we want to secure this property. We don't care if you've got enough buyer. Let's do it. Yeah, it fits. It fits the it fits what we need. We need that certainty now. Let's move. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. Some people could potentially pay a little bit less on an off market sale than what they might have to if they go to market. But yep. mm. an owner might accept that because that helps them move on to whatever they need to do. So again, it's life. that narrative of the seller's point of view is, oh, I need this for my future um, story. But it could go the opposite way as well. A buyer might pay too much for a property because they're not – we haven't tested the market. We don't know. Yep. So they're relying yeah. heavily on – well, they're relying heavily on the agent's opinion and they're relying heavily on their own research and mm-hmm. sometimes that can go the opposite way on you as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, I mean, there was once that I met this guy. Um, now, this would have been several years ago and he'd sold his um, house in North Hobart because yep. someone had knocked on his door and said – 
love your place. I'm keen to buy it. Here's, you know, what he thought was a good offer um, for cash. He's like, oh, sweet. I'm just going to sell and go and, and find myself a better place. Lo and behold, he was um, – the market was um, – like the capital was increasing. So um, as, as soon – by the time it's – by the time his property had settled – the market had already shifted like another 5%. So he couldn't even buy into the same um, suburb that he'd um, sold in. So basically all he did is he just shortchanged himself by, um, you know, rushing, like making an impulsive decision to sell, thinking he got a good deal. Yep. Um, and lo and behold, all it meant was then he had to move into a worse house in a suburb that he didn't even want to be in. Oh, so he went backwards. So he went backwards. Um, and that was a case that, you know, um, how, how was that off market? Someone just knocked on his door. And that happens a lot. I mean, we've got um, uh, clients of ours that we've done a few properties for and, they've, you know, with developments. And, you know, they, I mean, uh, they, they certainly don't mind if they see properties that are of interest to them. They'll leave a note, they'll leave a card, they'll just say, hey, if you're ever interested in some, please give us a call. We'd love to, you know, we'd love to chat. This is um, not um, agents. Not, this, not, is not, just, this is just, you just know, private Joe buyers. Blow, yep. Private buyers going to private sellers um, going, hey, call me first. Yep. Well, you know? Yeah, we had a private buyer send us literally a list overnight um, of about a dozen blocks of land that he would like to try and secure, like ones that he's identified in different suburbs that have just been abandoned. Oh, really? So just, can you help us he's out gi- with He's it? given us he – he's done all the research himself and he's asked us now to reach out to the people and just see if they would entertain the idea of selling. So Is that – because I suppose with that he doesn't know who owns those lands so or he knows who? Well, or? no, he has. He's got all that info. Oh, really? He's provided everything to us. Oh, wow. Okay. He said that he just would prefer for an agent to reach out to them and say that they're working with a buyer rather than him approach them himself. That's interesting. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I hope the info he's got is correct because we're about to go contact the people. But Well, I'd be curious to see what kind of response you get from that. Yeah, I'd love I mean, to hear some, more about some, that. Would some people, would someone feel more comfortable, like I'll just call it a private citizen in this case. Um, a natural a, person. Nat, a natural person, not an agent. Um, approaching them or would they feel more comfortable than agent? I guess, well, what are you going to do there? Would just be say, hey, look, someone's asked us to call you. They felt like you'd be more comfortable. What do you, how do you think you'll approach that? don't know. As yeah, a, see, see what happens, yeah. See what happens. As a natural person over here, mm. I feel like I would be more likely to turn, like to respond to an agent than yeah. just Joe Blow on the street because I'd be like, what's this guy's caper? Like um, am I getting stooged or something here? Yeah. So yeah. I guess like an agent calling and being kind of, yeah, g'day, mate, I've, uh, I've got this buyer who's really interested in this parcel of land. Mm. Um, if you're interested, boom. But if it was like, yeah, g'day, mate. Yeah, bloody I like that grass you've got there. You oh, want to uh, sell it to me? Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Absolutely. So, yeah, I know. Look, when I've done it. <laughs> oh, sorry, my voices aren't as good as John's American guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least my voice is on today's episode, Pat. You're just sitting there being yeah. quiet. You're doing nothing. <laughs> just because it's school holidays and you haven't had much sleep. Look, why talk when you don't need to? Yeah. <laughs> Sit here and be part of the atmosphere. Just, 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 ha- just handball to us too, right? Well, I know. We look, when I've done it in the past, it, it, it always you straight up state, you know, don't. You know, not whenever I've asked, I won't be trying um change the subject. It just gets you straight to the point. Hey, the reason for my call is X. You know, what do you think? And then obviously you're not trying to pressure him. But um well, look, I I know if um if, if it were me personally, and we've had it all the time we've even had um people that have asked, like they've been approached and then they'll ask us to help with advice. Um but we had one in Clifford Street in Muna, for example, that the the guy had advertised the property on Gumtree. But before he did that, he'd actually asked me to go in and give him advice. He said, look, I'm intending to sell it privately. Um, can you give me some advice? I said, look, no trouble whatsoever. So he ended up, did he found someone who was an investor. And so he so the, he just said to the investor, look, 
if you want some advice, call John. So he called me and we spent some time and I walked through the property with him as well. And then we actually, um, they'd already pre-negotiated a price and then they came into my office and then I went through the contract with both of them and, and we worked through the small little bits of details in order to get the deal together for them. So yeah. um, that was an interesting one where, you know, they, in, in for me then we, um, the, the buyer actually got our company to look after investments. So it did pay off for us financially. Um, so that's where, uh, ha- like off-market deals happen all the time. Um, and I know when, I, when, it, when people will still ask us, look, if there's anything that, um, uh, you know, comes up, please let me know. But where it's um, – I know when it came to this young couple, there was just that, that that conversation just happened and we just so happened to chat with one of our investors not two days later and, like, started to map those little options together. And I guess when it comes to the advice if people are looking, how do we how do we do this? Well, sometimes you do have to be a bit bold. You, you know, you might have to go through and um, – no different than us searching for business and you're searching for property. You might have to go to the approach of actually just finding something you like and just leaving a note because you never know when it might hit that, that perfect time for someone. Or also, too, don't – you know, when you're – if you do find agents that you felt comfortable um, talking to, don't be afraid to call them every couple of weeks and just say, hey, I'm still here. If you're thinking of me, let me know because it might not be a specific deal that will come to the market, but there might be a little side opportunity that might you know, come in their radar that they might otherwise not have mapped to put together. Yeah, I guess mm. that's that's where my brain was ticking when you were kind of bringing it up. I was like, I don't know about this note business. That mm. kind of seems a bit strange to me. Yeah, that, but that's, that's, a, that's extreme, yeah. But – but if I was looking, I'd want to – I know it's this crazy database thing and you're kind of constantly trying to be like unsubscribe from random emails that you try to get on. But mm. if you're actually in the market for something, you want to do the research and get on it. And if you do find an agent who you feel comfortable with and you can have that kind of rapport with, it's worthwhile jumping on board with them and talking to them and just being like, look, if anything comes up – Please call me. Please call me. And you want to yep. be in the forefront of their mind. Yep. This is kind of the digression, but I was listening to um, a Louis Thoreau podcast the other day. He was talking to Chris O'Dowd, the um, guy from the IT crowd. Remember the big um, lanky guy? Yes. Um, So his technique when he'd go into any audition when he went to America was he'd always walk in and pretend he'd just been bitten by a dog. Mm. He'd just come in and be like, oh, did you see that dog out there? Yeah, just nipped at my foot. And he said, oh. The reason I did that was if mm. later on I want I wanted to be the forefront of their mind and be like, oh, which one was Chris O'Dowd? The one who got nipped. Oh, by the, the one that got nipped by, by the foot. Brilliant idea. But yeah. then it come back to bite him because then he went back another time to the same audition but forgot that he'd already done that bit. <laughs> yeah. And they were yeah. like, oh, that's so strange because you got bit by the dog last, last, last time. And then he said he had to think on his feet. He's like, oh yeah, no, it's been really happening to me a lot lately. <laughs> But I but guess it must be that peanut butter mm. I rub well, around my yeah. Well, see, I guess it's about having that little element of why someone remembers you, and sometimes it's not a face, a name. I remember there was one agent I met. He used or a to, scarf, or a, well, in this case for me, <laughs> uh, it's good. Hey, there's gonna this will pay pay in dividends. I know it. I just I can feel it in my veins. John, the scarfed agent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get. There's gonna be a lot of uh, you know. God, that's gonna look good in the wind with your moped, Jamie. Maybe we could come up with a new ratio, like scarf to opportunity ratios. You know, that'll that'll work. We'll, we'll, we'll draw up the graph. Yeah, we'll draw up the graph. Well, anyway. So there's this agent, he, at his open homes, he used to wear orange socks. So when he would, um, and he'd always have asked people to take their shoes off because he'd have his off. But the whole purpose was, is because when he'd call back, he'd say, hey, it's um, such and such from, blah. I was the one with the orange socks. They're like, oh, right. Yeah. Because you go into three or four open homes. You have no idea who it is. You can't remember which agent's which. So you link that agent to that home and it's quickly, boom, they can, st- they can get re-into the zone of being able to provide the feedback on that property. That's why Pat got all the tattoos on his leg. Yeah. Which worked well yesterday to show you. Know, <laughs> see, there you go. See, there you go. to remember it. Yeah. But I can see you wearing chinos today, mate. What's the uh, – got, 
Normally it's uh, it was, all shorts. It was cold. It's cold enough. It's cold enough. It was enough. zero degrees in Rosetta this morning, okay? <laughs> all right. So I guess what we've kind of established is, or what I'm I'm trying to get across there yeah. was building a relationship with an agent gives you opportunities for things that don't kind of stream through your realestate.coms and domains. Hopefully you can get in the forefront of their mind. And if something does come up, like the story you've told with the little unit on Davy Street, mm. boom, 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 you put all the pieces together and you've got you never know a Yahtzee. Well, the other thing too is that it's the same when, um, uh, you know, a lot of people will be, they'll say, oh, they want to try and sell it privately because they might be embarrassed or they don't want the neighbours to know. There could be some other, you know, external circumstances. thing is when you're buying is you want everyone to know that you're trying to buy a property because it could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be, you know, a work colleague. It's like, hey, this is what I'm after, this is what I'm trying. And just, you know, let yourself freely tell everyone because, again, just like it might be an agent specific, but it might be someone in your friendship circle is like, hey, well, my parents were thinking of selling. How about you come and yep. um, chat to me? So it's sort of a it's sort of an element that if you're trying to buy off market, you still you you, you basically tr- you're planning all the opportunities in through your relationship. So you're letting everyone know who you are, why you're buying, how much you're prepared to pay, and you just never know when it's like that ripple effect. You never know when it's going you know going to b- bounce back. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. I kind of, yeah, I like the way you've summed that up. Mm. Well, I think, boys, I think uh, me and John have put in our hard yards today and now Pat will talk for 15 minutes to make (laughs) up for all the talking that he didn't do in today's show. Go. What's up with you? Are you okay? <laughs> mate, 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 I'm sure there'll be some text. I would now. like you to listen back because I think I talked more than you're giving me credit for. All right. I'll <laughs> listen back and I'll do up a graph of how much you yeah. spoke and how much we spoke. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think it's all fair to say that it's hard to get a word in with John anyway. So <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> and you never want to break someone when they're on their flow. Yeah, but sometimes you've got to break John when he's on his flow. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to punch in and just be like, oi. You've got you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you to have to talk over me. Yeah. That's, but I don't mind. Like I'll, 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 I'll usually remember where I was. John, yeah. stop now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm used to people trampling all over me. Yeah. <laughs> Selling me scarves that I don't want. All right, guys. That's episode 51 in the can. Cool. Thanks for sticking with us. We're the property pod. All the best, boys. <laughs> See ya. Bye. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006 with their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property. They have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information.